1: Sports Radio 610 presents the drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner's football at four.
2: All right, we don't typically have guests in the four o'clock uh, segment, but I said, "Hey, let's my man Will. We got to make a little room here." Uh, so, so uh, Will Cunkle, Fox twenty six Houston. Last time we talked to Will, he was uh, down at Astros spring training. Now uh, he's in Indianapolis at the uh, NFL Combine. So well traveled, man. I, I want to start. Where we left off last time, Will, with uh with, with the Astros. Obviously there were a lot of questions uh when we had you on, but that, that last stretch, I don't know how much longer last week you were actually down there, but but what was what was going on with the Astros at that point in time? What'd you see that you need to that you need to get off your chest?
1: Man, yeah, that was the kind of the end of it. Um but that man, I don't want I'm not gonna be the guy that's gonna hit the panic button right now in spring training, but oh, just look yeah. at the roster of starting pitching and middle relief. It's nerve wracking to me because I think Justin Verlander is going to probably be fine. Like I'm not worried about his health, JP France a little bit more to start the season, but not throughout we're playing this game of if romber Valdez can do this, if Christian Javier, and then if Hunter Brown, the more ifs you play, the more question marks you have. And, you know, I know so many fans have seen them be great, which is why they're holding on. But you look at some of the e r a s from last year, like we know how not good Framper Valdez was down the stretch. And then you look at the middle relief. I mean, they just don't have the middle of the bullpen right now. They're figuring that out during spring training. And that's obviously not an ideal situation to be in. We know how good the back end is. I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about how we're going to get to the point where the 7th, 8th, and ninth are consistently relevant if the pitching has those questions. And is Forrest Whitley's going to be a starter? he was gonna, He was going to be in the bullpen. But. I think there's going to be some more questions in the pitching staff than we really want to admit right now. That's my biggest fear, which is why I think they do add a name throughout at some point in the season.
2: Well, that I mean that's I guess my saving grace with this with this situation you're talking about is just the the sheer surplus, right? I mean, for I've always kind of looked at it from the other the other angle with the Astros. You've got so many arms that can at the very least chew up innings in the regular season and give you a chance to win and get in. But once you get there, I mean, it, it would take Fromber, JV not being JV, Fromber being bad, Javier, and you just went through all the names. Lance McCullers never coming back. Uh, I mean, Luis Garcia not being, you know, who he once was at the very least. I mean, I've always tried to look at it, and maybe this is just the Astro fan in me, but I've looked at it like, man, it would take a whole hell of a lot of bad for the Astros and not be in decent shape when it matters most.
1: Oh, they're going to be in and down the stretch in particular because of the offensive line. Like They have the power to mash through the regular season. The pitching's going to be good enough throughout the regular season to be relevant down the stretch. It's just a matter of do they have the horses when it matters. This team is playing, you know, they get through the regular season in order to get back to the World Series. That's the goal. This isn't a team that's trying to get to the postseason. They, we kind of pen them in every year, so we know that they're going to get to that point. It's just a matter of, going through those names and saying, all right, do you want to bet your life, your mortgage on this guy being males in game two on the road, Farmer Valdez or Christian Javier? You bring up McCullers and Garcia. We don't know what we're going to get from them. There's just – we just don't know. You you go through some pitching staffs throughout the, the big leagues and some of the best ones, you just know that those dudes are studs. They're going to be there, and they're good to go. And even then, like, the playoffs are the playoffs. Of course, you can throw that in the mix. It's just – that's just my one concern. About this roster, if if we're gonna you know kind of nitpick that way,
3: Well, I mean, well, it could be a bit concerned about the the back <laughs> the mid to back half of the rotation and and guys in front of the big three in the bullpen. All right, I'm just curious, what are the names that you're hearing to that they're trying out in those in those spots that you have concerns with? Because I know you said there's a potential that you think they could add at some point this season. And I know when you say that, immediately people think of guys like Blake Blake Snell, who's out there. But what are the names at the back part of the bull, of the rotation, and then this middle relief area that that you uh, that you sense they could have some problems? Who's who are the guys that would be at those spots starting opening day in your eyes?
1: I mean, I'm like, Blake Snell's the number one target for me. Jim Crane says that when he's the owner, this window is open. And if you don't have stud pitching, like you're just not going to go far in the playoffs. And we've seen that you can only hit your, yourself so far in the ma- in major league playoffs. The, in the, as far as the middle relief is concerned, man, like Rafael Montero, Dylan Coleman, Bennett Souza. I'm looking at their, at their ERAs the other day, I, went, I was on the show talking about this. Do you average a handful of these together? If you count Forrest Whitley, who's, who's going to be a rookie, hasn't p- pitched in the big leagues, like their average ERA was a seven. I mean, these numbers are not ideal for a World Series contender. We're not talking about just a a good baseball team in the regular season. That's not what the Astros are. The Astros are a World Series contender, and you've got to be a little bit better in the middle relief innings than, you know, a 7 ERA. And that's, again, why I say Blake Snell is a real contender for the Astros because Jim Crane wants to win now, and that's what he always talks about and he prides himself on
3: Wow. So with Verlander, Framber, and Christian Javier, who is their top three. You think they, and Lance potentially coming. I know we've talked about it. he's a luxury, but that's in the back back of the, the thought, too. You think they need to go that big when it comes to starting pitching and Blake Snell?
1: I, like, this is just a way when I talk to guys, there's so many question marks around Framber and Christian. They're tipping. Framber admitted he was pitch, tipping pitches last year. Like, if that's the only thing. Then okay, but I, I sit here and I'm like, there's no way it goes on that long and you're that ineffective for that po- long of the season, especially down the stretch. You just don't fix it unless no one noticed it. Then that, that brings up another question. But that's why I think they need to bring in somebody significant in order to make a run at the postseason. Now maybe somebody else just outbids them. and you know, Someone like the Dodgers just has, hell. let's get another guy because that's what they're, they've been known to do down recently
2: will let, let, let's uh let's move on to Indy, man you where, where you're at now and at, at the combine I, I've heard uh listen to in the loop today they they talked to Cody Stutz who was down there and uh, obviously the Texans are awfully active uh particularly with cornerbacks is is what I'm hearing man what what are you hearing from the Texans down there
0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Yeah, today was all the cornerbacks. I think tomorrow's going to be the wide receivers. Um, Like I was looking at some of the corners out there on the list, and I really sat there and I listened to Terry and Arnold, the kid out of cor- um, Alabama, the cornerback, shutdown corner, great man coverage, physical, likes to tackle. He's able, he even play safety. He's, he was talking about that. He he wouldn't do that. Um, I really like this guy for the Texans. Here's the issue: he's probably going to be the first, maybe second corner taken off the board. Probably fifteenth or, or so to the Colts is where I was looking at him when I was kind of looking at the draft and who's available. Um, but I honestly think that the texans are going to be going with defensive tackle i just think that that's the way that D'Amico Ryan's wants to build this team which is the proper way to build it inside out front to back football doesn't change don't overthink it you've got to build it that way and i think if you can get somebody up the middle who's going to be a disruptor that's who they're going to go out and get and i can't i'm forgetting the kid's name from texas but i think that's someone that will they'll be eyeing
2: sweater Uh,
1: one of the two yeah, Murphy, Murphy, Murphy. I think he's real disruptive. He gets the ball off the ball quick. He can shoot the gaps, and he can. If you can get a guy that can create pressure up the middle, and then you bring back Grenard, you have Will Anderson. That brings you into a different category of pass rushing, which then, of course, speeds up everything on the back end. So your corners don't have to be as locked down as you would like if you can't get to the quarterback as successfully. You know how that works. How they rush and protect together. Uh D'Amico has talked about that a lot, and rushing in unison and covering wide receivers. So I think they go on the defensive line. Is just my guess. Mm,
3: well, it, it's interesting, Will, because listening to D'Amico and Nick, they don't they don't really give you a lot to go on. To, <laughs> no, they to don't. To kind of get a feel of where they are. And, and the one thing, though, as soon as the season ended, D'Amico talked about that front seven and that defensive line, and I can see where you you go that route. Uh, you you get the sense because if you say if you say um Murphy i see him going in the low teens you know between that that time you think they would be aggressive and potentially go up and get a guy do you get the feel that 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 could be in the cards or or they may just sit and, and chill with with what could come to them at twenty three
1: I'd be surprised if they trade up. I think that they don't need to be given anything up to like. I don't think anyone's that wild of a game changer like a Will Anderson was, obviously last year. So I don't think they really move up this year. I think you can get good value at twenty four. It was twenty four, twenty three. Where were they? Sit twenty three. I think you get good value. I think you can get a good wide receiver at twenty three. You can get a good interior. Lineman at 23, you can get a good defensive tackle depending on who goes off the board ahead of you. Like, that's what's so crazy about trying to predict this. you got to predict 23 other teams ahead of you and their moves and their trades and what they want. And then you got to be right about all that in order to see who's still available. So that's why it's easier to say, like the kid out of Alabama, it's easier to say that he'll be off the board because he's probably the best in the draft corner. Um, but that's I think you can get value at 23 so, I think they stay there you don't don't give up anything you're not that close to to winning a Super Bowl at this moment. They have a few gaps that they can still fill
2: well what what does that what does the combine look like for you down there man take us take us through your day I know there's probably a lot of rushing around to wait actually but but what does that day <laughs> what does that day look like? uh Give us a peek behind the curtain of of what it looks like for you
1: Hurry up and wait hang out and <laughs> sit around and watch watch a lot of other people do interviews. Wait until you get your turn. You know, there's – Let's. I think there's eight main podiums where all the players line up and they'll sit there and they'll get peppered with questions by the media and you can kind of bounce around podium to podium. There's some side podiums for some of the lesser guys, uh, lesser-known guys, I should say. And then they all kind of have, you know – Let's say today, between 11 and noon, there's eight guys talking at once, and they each have 10-minute segments, and while they're not up on the podium, they'll be doing interviews with CBS, they'll be doing interviews with Fox, they'll be doing interviews with NBC, and and whoever else is there, the athletic, radio shows, local news guys that they know from their hometown are there. It is a well-oiled machine, and if Indianapolis ever loses the combine, people will riot, because it is... (laughs) done so dang well and that's crazy to say because they tried to move it to Los Los Angeles once and people were like, "Hell no." Like it's 45 minutes away, everyone here is centrally located and it's one of the be- it's the best event from a networking standpoint that you can possibly get with the most popular sport in all of America. I mean, you're out with the biggest names in the industry, coaches and players and media all together. Nobody's got their phones out, no one's taking pictures, no autographs. It's business, but it's fun. And it's a way to get to know people also away from the press conference style. So you can get to know them as human beings, and they can see a different side of you versus you peppering questions at them, which is a antagonistic style of communication anyway. So I love the Combine every year.
2: Well, what, uh, Will, did, I know you came home briefly out here in Houston. Man. Did you get a chance to make it out to the, uh, the cookout or anything?
1: I mean, so I didn't. I had my schedule all wrong. Didn't know anything and missed the cookout. But we did get to the rodeo. First night, my wife's first rodeo. She had an absolute blast. I've been to a few in my day, but first time at the Houston rodeo. That thing is nuts, man. It is absolutely humongous. We saw Blake Shelton bring out Gwen Stefani. The place that went bonkers. It was. I mean, it was a good time, and we're going back on Saturday. So if anybody's out there, holler if you see us, because I can't wait to go back out there and how much of a deal it is.
2: Blake Shelton, Gwen Stefani at the wife's first rodeo. I bet she, I bet she was next. yeah. I, I bet mean, she went banana. Oh, oh that's, not that's bad, cute. right? That's cute. Bananas. That's cute, Ron. Well
1: and, and then we get to we get to use my media pass. that so was free ninety nine. She's like, this is hell a good yeah, deal. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, man. He uh, we get drink tickets <laughs> responsibly. <laughs> telling you, man, Will, Will,
3: Clint is coming at me, and, and the listeners are, too, because I got a few tickets to go to, uh, you know, families coming in town, they, they've never been to the rodeo, I got a few tickets. He
2: abuses it, Will, he I abuses got, the company perks, man.
3: I got eight tickets, I got my kids, my their grandparents, they're in town, we're all going, and he's, he's talking about looking down on me, because I got a
1: few tickets. You go take it. It's the of it. best event in town. Ta- it's like we were talking to someone there that was involved. In it. It's the biggest, richest rodeo in the world. It raises nearly like half a billion dollars. Like this isn't some small timey event. You're oh, like, Oh, man. this is cool for Houston. It is legit.
3: You open up
2: your mouth and you never know what you can get. <laughs> Hell, you
1: Close mouths get don't get fed, Come baby. On,
0: Will. <laughs> I'm to
2: tell hey, d- hey, don't don't egg him on, Will. I'm That's trying right. to keep him under wraps over here, man. <laughs> All right, brother Will, we we appreciate you joining us once again, giving us a few minutes from Indianapolis, man.
1: All right, brother. I appreciate you guys. I know my wife's listening. Hannah, do not go get a rabbit. Stay away from the petting zoo. I'm out of town. (laughs) Love you. See you guys. Thank you. That's
0: great. Will Kunkel, Fox 26. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours